Welcome is indisputable. I'm your host, Rashad Richie. Good to be with you. We got a lot on the agenda today, a lot of news to cover. But let me first start the show by saying this. Thank you. Thank you to every single viewer. Not only is indisputable the fastest growing TV news show in America, we have surpassed over 305,000 subscribers on YouTube. We have well over 300,000 on our Facebook page, and it continues to grow. That credit goes to you. To you, there's nothing special about me. There's something special about the truth. The truth is so special that those who lie, they want you to believe that they're telling the truth. The truth is what sets us all free. Big ups to my production team, the best in the land. All right, breaking down news of the day with me, Adrian Lawrence, attorney at law, contributor TYT and author. Also, Spike Cohen, a libertarian. We'll talk about a bunch of stuff, um, social media censorship, mask mandates, and maybe we get into some more things. Top story of the day, guilty, guilty. We're talking about Ahmad Aubrey's killers, federal hate crime that has now been established. They are in fact guilty. I had the opportunity to speak to Ahmad Aubrey's father today. Here's what the dad said while he was waiting on the verdict. Now this is the federal hate crimes prosecution of it. We're waiting on the verdict. What are your thoughts so far? Uh, we just know Ahmad was killed because he was a black man. And those Mike Michaels and that Bryant were real racist. All the evidence show all that. And all the evidence showed why they targeted him because he was a black man. Because you can have white people in the neighborhood had stuff to break law with and steal stuff with. Bags and all that stuff they had talking with them and they never pursued and bothered them. Ahmad just had his jogging stuff on, no tool, no burger tool, no nothing. And that showed that why they targeted him just because he was a black man. You know, one thing that comes out during a federal hate crimes prosecution is the context of their hate for a particular race. So in this trial, evidence has been exposed. Evidence has been exposed. Not only were they racist against Ahmaud Arbery, they were racist against virtually every black person they knew. They were racist against coworkers. They were racist against those they had associations with. All of this information came out during the trial. Let's remind people of these three killers and of the man they killed. When the verdict came, The mother of Ahmaud Aubrey spoke. Now, before I go to the mother and her quotes, there's something else the father shared with me earlier this morning on my morning show. Here it is. On the police board, they kept the Mike Michael them trash rust under the road for many years. You know, Jackie Johnson tied up in all that stuff too, that That's racist right. stuff too. And yep, she, she's been indicted. Yes, we got to clean it all up, and you yep. know you got to you got to you got to sit back and look at look at that video. That kind of police that 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 daddy he was just so corrupt and racist. He had the kind of police on his well. He tried to throw them off so they wouldn't do their best get some thoroughly. That's why the feds had to come in. The GBI had to come in and take over this case. He is correct. Now I'm going to 
highlight some elements that Marcus Aubrey, the father of Ahmaud Aubrey, was talking about. Number one, the McMichaels were well aware of their privilege and their connection to that county. They knew that no one in that county would actually prosecute them because of their affiliation with the district attorney, Jackie Robinson. Jackie Robinson engaged in a cover up, even though she was sworn to uphold the laws and the constitution of that district. She violated her oath of office, she has now been indicted. I will give you an update on that indictment. After the verdict came out, speaking outside of the courthouse, after the verdict was announced, Wanda Cooper Jones, the mother of Ahmad Aubrey, called out the US Department of Justice. This is important. For originally agreeing to accept a plea deal from her son's killers in federal court. Let's put up a picture of Ahmad Aubrey's mother. She also is a pillar of strength. Let me remind everyone that even in the pursuit of justice, even in the optics of justice, I want you to remember that the federal government decided to go light on these killers and accepted a plea deal, even though the family universally protested this plea deal for the federal hate crime, universally protested. But because of statute, because of a federal law, when there's a plea deal in situations like this, the family is able to present their side directly to the federal judge. And the federal judge said, no, I will not accept a plea deal in this case. Both the father and the mother, they have said clearly, we want full justice. Where even though we now have a federal hate crimes conviction for the McMichaels, there is still additional justice that needs to be settled. It gets deeper. She said, and I quote, I now want to address the members of the DOJ, the Department of Justice. I'm very thankful that you guys brought these charges of hate. But back in January 31, you guys accepted a plea deal with these three murderers who took my son's life. This is called making it plain. Cooper Jones continued, Ahmad Aubrey's father Marcus and two of Ahmad's aunts stood before the courts and begged the judge not to take a plea deal. That the DOJ, that the DOJ went before the judge and asked them to take a plea deal with these guys. A direct quote from Wanda Cooper Jones. Ms. Cooper Jones said that she spoke to DOJ prosecutors and begged them. This should never be, okay? She begged them to not take the plea deal in this case. They ignored my cry, she said. I begged them even after the family stood before the judge and asked them, asked the judge to not take this plea. The lead prosecutor, Tara Lyons, stood up and asked the judge to ignore the family's cry. That's not justice for Ramad, okay? Wheels of justice moving in the right direction, but they still move very differently for individuals like the McMichaels and like Brian. Literally, the federal prosecutor had to be overturned by a federal judge. And if it had not been for the direct involvement of this family and members of the community and leaders in the civil rights movement, I guarantee you that plea deal would have been accepted by that judge. It took a movement of damn near every decent thinking person in America 
in order to get a semblance of justice for this one family. Where the murder was caught on video, where the racism was evident, where the evidence was there. This was a slam dunk for the prosecution and they still wanted to allow these gentlemen to take the easy way out, these killers, these monsters, okay? Let's put up a picture of their co-conspirator. That's DA Jackie Johnson, she's the former DA of that district. She covered this crime up from day one, she has been indicted. Ex Glenn County Attorney Jackie Johnson, when this went down after the indictment of the McMichaels turned herself in to the Glenn County Sheriff's Office, that was on a Wednesday morning. After grand jury returned an indictment on counts of obstruction and violations of oath by a public officer. Johnson was released from the Glenn County Detention Center on a $10,000 bond. That's according to the paper. State prosecutors alleged that she used her position to delay arrest of the white man who chased and killed the 25 year old Aubrey. Johnson was the county's top prosecutor when Aubrey was fatally shot last year. And one of the armed men who pursued him had worked for her as an investigator. The Attorney General of Georgia, his name is Chris Carr, he's a Republican. Sought the indictment after requesting an investigation of possible misconduct by local prosecutors who failed to bring charges in the killing. Now, I want to remind you, she has only been charged with obstruction and violation of her oath. She should be charged with criminal conspiracy after the fact, aiding and abetting. There are many other charges that should apply. Let me tell you why. Because if you would have done this, or if I would have done this, protecting killers who just committed murder in any community in America, those charges would have been applied to them. But once again, special treatment allocated to the former district attorney, who in my opinion should be held to a higher standard of responsibility, not a lower. Attorney Adrian Lawrence, do you see it differently? Oh no, I don't see it differently at all. Um, definitely that this uh, former prosecutor should not be in a position where she in any way gets a pass because what she was doing was essentially obstructing justice. Uh, definitely based on the allegations and helping these individuals who were clearly culpable instead of simply doing her job. And I am very glad that the other uh, leaders in Georgia decided to do something about this and decided to hold her accountable even though they could be doing more. Uh, but I'm very, very, very grateful to have the judges that we've had on these cases for seeing that state court judge um, just essentially hold steadfast to legal principles and not give these gentlemen passes. And then now we have this federal judge who was unwilling to accept that plea deal. And I know that that federal judge definitely seems to be one who is going to be inclined to throw the book at them as they face potential life charges. Yeah, we shall see, we're gonna continue to follow this obviously. Let me take you to Atlanta, Georgia. A trans woman was arrested unlawfully, was accused of having cocaine. She had no cocaine and the cop knew it. She was placed in jail and had to stay in jail six months. And the cops were aware of her innocence the entire time. She has now been awarded $1.5 million. Let's put up her picture, such a damn shame. The federal judge, awarded a black transgender woman from Atlanta $1.5 million after she spent six months, think about this, six months in an Atlanta jail after being arrested on fake cocaine charges. I'm gonna give you the background to this horrific saga that this young lady had to go through. 
This all started in October 2015. Juzima Goldring was walking with friends when two city of Atlanta officers stopped and questioned the entire group. The officers accused Miss Goldring of the awful crime of jaywalking. Jaywalking was their pretext to the interaction. A crime she says was never committed. And then the cop arrested her for jaywalking. During the arrest, an officer searched Gold Ring's purse and found a stress ball. He cut it open, tested it for cocaine. Defense attorney said that despite the fact that the test was completely negative, the officer charged Ms. Goldring with trafficking cocaine. During the arrest, Goldring's attorney said one of the officers used an anti-trans slur, violating their own policy in the department. So the cop is bigoted. Now let me remind you, most police officers, especially in metropolitan areas, they are equipped with a tester, a drug tester, and they're able to test if a substance is actually an illegal narcotic. They use the test, the test came back, nope, not dope, it's not drugs. Then the GBI lab got the test, nope, not dope, not drugs. After additional tests by the Georgia Bureau of Investigations, that came back negative. Gold Ring was finally released from jail six months later. And the charges were completely dismissed. Uh, the former Channel 2 anchor Craig Lucy spoke to Gold Ring after her release. She told him she was detained in a male jail where she was assaulted. Ms. Gold Ring's attorneys filed a federal civil rights lawsuit against the city in 2019. A jury ruled that Atlanta police now have to pay Gold Ring 1.5 million. The attorney said she was the victim of police scrutiny based on her identity as a trans woman. And I agree with them, so does the federal judge. But there's another nuance to this. The attorney Miguel Dominguez said, and I quote, this case signifies a small but significant victory on behalf of the LGBTQ plus community and other marginalized people in Atlanta who have been suffering through discriminatory and callous policing by individuals who swear to protect and serve their communities. But who under the cover of darkness are indifferent to the consequences of their discriminatory practices on the most vulnerable among us. Now, this is in Atlanta a supposedly more progressive city than others. They have progressive members of council. They had a police chief who was openly gay. They have had progressive legislation passed. What did the city of Atlanta do? Attorneys for the city defended the officer's actions throughout the entire trial. There was no drugs. She was charged with jaywalking. Attorney, what are your thoughts here? I think this is just a reflection of our system and how broken it is, yeah. particularly when it comes to black trans women, um, individuals who are targeted for all sorts of harassment, uh, violence, victimization, and the fact that individuals who are sanctioned to protect us, who actually are supposed to have you know color of law in their actions, that they are abusing their power. And it really also shows you too when you see the system back it up as opposed to admit it's wrong and simply settle. Um, it really just shows you that this runs throughout the system and all the way to the top and that poor woman was victimized time and time again. And 
unfortunately, I don't think anything's going to change because again, this is gonna be something probably coming out of taxpayers pockets yeah. one way or the other. Yeah, and that's why I'm talking about transfer rather than transform. It's time to have new police officers, a new dynamic of paradigm shift. We got more on the other side is indisputable, stick and stay. Let me remind everybody, the watch list, all right, my big homie, J.R. Jackson, live weekdays, 12 p.m. Eastern Time, 9 a.m. Pacific Time. Find out what stories you should be paying attention to in news, politics, culture, current events, sports, and more. This is a new 10 week test series at TYT. Here's how you support, all right, real simple. Watch live, okay, every day, and don't forget to subscribe and follow. You can go to youtube.com forward slash watchlist TYT and facebook.com forward slash watchlist TYT. We got a petition, all right? It's very important. We need your help to get 10,000 signatures, 10,000 signatures to stop governments from using DNA against sexual assault victims. We shouldn't even have this conversation, but we're having it, all right? It's unfortunate, but it's real. Not only could this be a violation of constitutional protection, but it also will discourage some sexual assault victims from reporting crimes. And we got stats to show that over 90% of sexual assault crimes never get reported already, okay? Sign the petition because San Francisco Police Crime Lab, other local and federal police crime labs, they gotta stop entering sexual assault victims DNA into a database for potential future prosecution. That's a no, no. Right? Sign the petition at tyt.com forward slash petitions. Aspiration, aspiration, don't forget, has the first ever credit card that gives users the ability to eliminate their carbon footprint. Each time the card is swiped, Aspiration's global partners will plant a tree. Now you can be part of that. Fight the climate crisis through your wallet, eliminate your carbon footprint and get cash back for doing so. Get started. Real simple, tyt.com forward slash zero. All right, TYT member, Mickey C. The Silverhead Dragon says, I think, okay, I think this is the first time I've disagreed with you, Doc, but you are special. The, the, you state the facts, you're compassionate, you have a great sense of humor, you're not afraid to show your emotions, and most importantly, you love cats. Well, bless your heart, Mickey C. The Silverhead Dragon, I appreciate that. Craig Cray Souffle, congrats. To TYT's indisputable team with our good Dr. Richie. Thank you so much for that. Jambo Gino, congrats on your success, Doc. Keep up the great work. Thank you. Jambo's our success, not just mine. Potion seller, oh boy, I've gotten into my fair share of debates with Spike on social media. Should be an interesting segment. It, it, it should be. Um, $2 too. With today being 22222, I knew today would be my lucky day. But we are blessed to have the honorable doctor and the beautiful Adrian, hashtag winning. Well, technically Adrian is honorable. Uh, <laughs> all right, so, okay, um, Hiram Bifidum. Thank God justice has served the people that did that to Ahmad uh, are sickos. Yeah, they are sickos. And Peter Hamby, justice found a way, racism labels cowards, punishment is set from the Haiku Dragon. Thank you for that. All right, Wizard Froboz, thank you. No, thank you, and thank you for saying thank you. Um, Jay Hollow, I love you, Dr. Rich, I love you back, Jay. Um, Rembert Seward, 
Yep, the Biden Justice Department tried a plea deal. We have no friends. Yeah. Okay, one more. Krish Huggy, this is out of Twitch. There is a young man that walks by my house often. Recently, he thought I was on the phone and I, and I told him, no, I was listening to Dr. Richie. I asked if he knew who the doc was and he said, yeah. <laughs> Good stuff. All right. Ladies and gentlemen, I wish a Karen would. You want to call the police on him for having a barbecue on a and Sunday? You're going to feel free. Back off. I'm going to tell them there's an African American man threatening my life. Any profanity comes out of any of y'all's mouths. There is a rule that says no profanity. There's a city policeman sitting right over there. And I will take any one of y'all to him and y'all will go to juvenile court. Tape record, put it on YouTube, put it wherever you'd like. I am. Where's this coming from? He was cussing like a sailor and I asked him not to. And he refused. (laughs) So I called the city police that he should be ashamed of what he said. And he said his mother didn't hear, nor did his dad. (laughs) Don't listen to him, he's crazy. Well, he's messing with you. He's just messing with you. Well, I hope his parents see I have his mom's number, you want to call her? And I hope she grounds him for eternity. was the that did it for me. All right, so I'm perplexed by this one. Because there's a part of me that believes his friends coordinated with this particular would be Karen to puck him, okay, to set him up. And then there's another part of me that says, well, this is a legitimate Karen situation here. She's hitting all the right Karenicity notes. She's saying all of the Karenicity terminology. And if this was just a prank on the young man, I guarantee you she plays Karen in real life too. Adrian, what are your thoughts on this one? Yeah, well, she definitely seemed to have the Karen down, that's for sure. Yeah, finger in the face, the whole thing, regulating people who (laughs) she has no business even trying to regulate. You know, I've seen all sorts of Karens like this who would take issue and get the police involved simply because you are being a person that they don't want you to be. It's just so interesting to me. People just need to go on about their lives, go on about their business, and leave people alone. So this could definitely be legit. It could also be, you know, just a joke. But yeah, yeah. And and I thought it was was really interesting because the one young man, he was just totally flabbergasted, right? He was Mm -hmm. like, "What what is this all about? Where's this coming from?" As it relates to young people, you know, young people in their own social group. Uh, they may use language that some adults would find offensive. Some parents who are watching me, you would be shocked at what your children say to each other, okay? Here's where I draw the line, all right? Be respectful of the atmosphere. So if you're around children, try to make sure you don't do that. If, you in, if you're in certain um, situations where you need professional language, use it, just be wise. Remember, the driver, the FedEx driver, who was shot at by the Ahmad, by the copycats of who killed Ahmad Aubrey. Remember that? 
It was a father-son duo. They tried to kill this guy, tried to corner him, chased him, okay? Well, FedEx wants him to drive on the same route. And he's saying, wait a minute, no, 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 no. I'm willing to work, just give me another route. Okay, uh, the young black driver, uh, his name is D. Monterio Gibson, who was shot at and pursued by two white men, has now hired a lawyer. Why? Because the supervisors at FedEx refused to change his route. It's almost like they want the guy to die, okay? They refused to change his route. How hard does it have to be to change somebody's route after they were shot at and the truck was shot up? He could be dead. He should be employee of the freaking year. But instead, they want him to go down the same route, to take up the same route that almost got him killed and do deliveries, all right? Uh, let me take you to the video, here it is. Again, my name is Rodney Diggs of Ivy McNeil Wide Purcell and Diggs. We're the largest black owned law firm in the nation. And once we heard about this, the Cochran firm was gracious enough to absolutely bring us on to assist with this matter. Now, I echo the sentiments of what Mr. Moore and what Mr. Bryan said, but in addition to that, we want to give a warning to FedEx because they're not out of this at all. What's interesting is after Mr. Gibson made these complaints to a supervisor, multiple supervisors, they didn't show any concern. In fact, what they wanted Mr. Gibson to do was complete his route, complete his route after he just almost lost his life. You have bullet fragments in the truck and in the car. Clearly, someone that young that has dealt with this sort of shooting as it happened in the Ahmaud Aubrey style is suffering from stress and for sure PTSD. You shouldn't require a young black male who just experienced racism at its highest height in the 2022 to continue to do work. Yeah, FedEx is creating a hostile work environment for this young worker, uh, seems to be intentionally. So let's put up a picture of the entire legal team with uh, Mr. D. Monterio Gibson, okay? He's a young man. He's a young man who was shot at and almost murdered. Keep that picture up. It was February 1st. When Brandon Case, 35, and Gregory Case, 57, put up their mugshots, they turned themselves in to the Brookhaven police. The pair were bailed out on a $150,000 and $75,000 bond, respectively, a day later. Both of these would-be killers have entered a not guilty plea, according to the Municipal Court of Brookhaven. Gibson's legal team is calling for a federal hate crimes probe of the incident, as well as drawing attention to the supervisor's lack of compassion for their worker. Only seven months on the job, Mr. Gibson, the victim here, said the incident has left him traumatized. Despite his anxiety, the branch allegedly has not been sensitive to the impact the event had on him. So much so, FedEx has not changed his delivery route. Though the company did offer to pay for his therapy. <laughs> I mean, Mr. Gibson, I know you were just in a bad situation. 
And somebody just tried to murder you. But young man, we are willing to pay for your therapy. If you will continue to go down the same route that almost got you murdered. It's ridiculous, right? It's insane. As a result, Gibson has not returned to work and is currently on unpaid time off. After the incident became public, according to Gibson, FedEx offered him paid leave. His lawyers argue that this is a double offense to their client. Now, I want to remind you of an irony here, contrasted, right? Cop kills an unarmed black man, cop gets paid leave. Unarmed black man doing his regular job almost gets killed by two random white people. He gets unpaid leave. FedEx's senior communication specialist, Joseph Miner, says that as a corporation, they are standing with Gibson during this time, as well as cooperating with law enforcement, saying that as a company, they take situations of this nature very seriously. And we are shocked by this criminal act against our team member, Demonterio Gibson. The safety of our team members is our top priority. And we remain focused on his well-being. Sit your lying ass down. Take several seats. Communications director, FedEx, and anybody who talks like you. If you all had done the right thing by this young brother, there would be no lawsuit. There would be no press conference. There would be no fanfare. You had an opportunity here, FedEx. You had an opportunity to do the right thing and be on the right side of humanity. It's not even about one individual. It's about you being decent. It's about you being appropriate. Adrian, you have a lot of experience in this arena. How is FedEx getting away with creating or attempting to create a hostile work environment for this young man and there not be significant pushback from the HR directors at FedEx. Basically, the system is structured in such a way that, hey, FedEx really isn't incentivized to do mm. anything about this because they treat people, not just FedEx, but most companies, as though they are replaceable. They do not necessarily care about your safety or your well being, but what they do care about is the bad press and PR. So now that this became public and other people are aware that FedEx essentially told this man that they did not care about his well being, now FedEx is saying that it does care and now it's going to try to do something about it. But the reality is that these companies don't care about you. They simply don't. And the ones who do will do right. They'll avoid the losses and mm -hmm. they will actually maybe have less turnover and more employees who are content with their jobs and produce better work and provide greater services. But until then, you know, you essentially have these companies out here who act like FedEx and they essentially mess around and they find out. Yeah, and that that's what's about to happen, right? You got the largest black law firm, black owned law firm in America on top of the case. You got the Cochran firm on top of the case. You have many civil rights leaders who are now starting to get on top of the case. What can a person do in a situation like this where your employer is creating a significant risk to your life and obviously a hostile work environment? What should be done? 
Oh uh, gosh, it's funny, I wrote an entire book on this. The mm-hmm. fact is you need to document, document, document. The largest chapter in my book is called Receipts and Keeping Them because it is so incredibly important because you know what's gonna happen is the employer is gonna spin the story. The yeah. employer is gonna say, no, we didn't say that. And if you don't have it documented, you don't have anything to back it up, it's your word versus theirs. And I assure you that they are going to have more people come against you. So what you want to do is make sure that they can't come back and say something didn't happen, that they can't come back and say they didn't know that you have an airtight explanation and that you're ready to go. And so then they're gonna have to stand up and they're gonna have to admit to what they did and they're gonna be more likely to get right out of fear that it will get out what they did. Very well said, thank you for that information. We got more on the other other side, it's indisputable stick and stay. Welcome back, we got a lot of show left. Okay, let me read some of these comments. I can't read them all, I can definitely read a few. Um, don't forget, deep dive with the big homie Jordan Yule, uh, that's right after Indisputable. All right, twitch.tv forward slash TYT, Twitch exclusive. All right, great show, great insight and commentary. All right, next TYT report says, oh what, you didn't die? Well, the good news is you can make us more money, yeah. That's basically the attitude of FedEx, right? Jambo Gino, freedom of speech, but also I'm gonna call the cops on you if you swear. Yeah. Um, Chi Chi Massey, it's 22222 in my 22nd year at my job. Now, can we get a double dose shirt? Oh! See, you know what happens when you put things in the world in the atmosphere like that? I think words have energy. All right, you've put it out there. Let's see what the universe returns back to you, okay? I think that's a great idea. Uh, Pat TV, thank you so much, love your show. Thank you, we appreciate that. Um, Dissident PM, Karen, Naughty Words Division. <laughs> there, are, like, there are divisions for Karenicity. There's some Karens, they don't care about one thing, but they really do care about another. So yes, this is the Naughty Words Department Supervisor. Karen, um, science train routes a routes a bid on usually quarterly. It would not be hard to change the route. It really wouldn't be. It wouldn't be hard to change the route. Um, okay, black people trying to read get protested by neo Nazis. Yeah, here's the video. Scary guys. Yeah. <laughs> They were outnumbered roughly 10 to 1. They were surrounded, they were trapped inside of that bookstore and could not leave. I'm sure that was a scary situation to be in. Let me give you the background to this extreme racism. This happened in Providence this month. This was at a book reading event at Red Ink Community Library was interrupted when a group of self-identified Nazis holding a red swastika and banging on the window windows came screaming obscenities, all right? That's what happened. So we have some background from the Instagram and Twitter of the individuals involved. So let me start with Red Ink PVD, okay? They say, and I quote, we're okay. Thank you to everyone 
who has been reaching out. For those of you who have not heard yet, Red Ink was the target of a fascist attack this evening. We were celebrating the anniversary of the Communist Manifesto. When a crowd waving Nazi flags began banging on our windows and trying to assault our members. Everyone is all right. The crowd has dispersed and we will continue to process these events. They are being very open, they are being very public, okay? Now, there was a time when universally everybody would criticize actions like this, but you will not hear criticism from Republicans. You will not hear criticisms from Christian evangelicals. But they will claim to you they're not racist. They will say to you that they are not bigoted, that systemic racism does not exist in the United States of America. But they will not condemn these publicly proclaiming racist groups. They won't do it. There's more. They will go into further detail on Twitter where they stated that the event was interrupted 45 minutes in. Reading community said, and I quote, they showed up on our sidewalk, banged on our glass windows, shouted horrible slurs and attempted to assault our members. As they outnumbered us maybe 10 to one, there was little we could do other than tell them go home and try to stay safe indoors. Their disruption did not go unnoticed. Several community members yelled at the fascist group to go home, joining our condemnation of this despicable display. The Nazis continued to put on their show until Providence police asked them to leave. While we didn't ask for the help from the police, it was only the threat of state violence that ended this disruption. While we knew of and wanted to highlight the relevance and importance of the manifesto today, we did not want it to be so stark and ugly. Um, according to our latest information, nobody was arrested. No cop came with guns drawn, no SWAT gear, no arrest, nothing. They were just asked to leave. Let's put up a picture of some of these cowards who continue to hide behind their new hoods. Now I guarantee you those same people will say they're anti-mask. All right, Adrian, thoughts here? Why do you think these guys were not arrested, at least for disorderly conduct? Disturbing the peace. Well, you know, I think as individuals living in a society where white supremacy is uplifted, I think that generally it's a thought that they're going to give a little bit more leeway to those individuals. Yeah. And I think you're completely and totally accurate than the fact that they probably don't wear masks regularly unless they're out here, you know, oppressing people and imposing fear. And it just, it's completely and totally, it's just unacceptable. It's pathetic and it's sad that this is how these people are spending their free time to try to put others in fear and to make them feel lesser because of their race, because of xenophobia, because of you know this ethnocentric nonsense, and you know, and this thought that oh well, we'll just they'll have them leave. That's it. There's yep. going to be no consequences whatsoever. Yeah, and neighbors actually are the ones who called the police on them. Those inside did not, but they were terrified. All right, yeah. uh, remember the two white cops who went into a mall. They see teenagers fighting, one white, one black. They decide to arrest the black teenager only. Well, those cops are now under investigation. Let me remind you of the incident. Here it is. Back up. 
right now. Just right now. Stand right there. No, go right there. The white male team was in fact the aggressor, not only at the beginning of the fight, but also during the duration. At the time of the police officer's arrival, the white male team was the aggressor. Then the white male team remained the aggressor, even when they both decided to arrest the black male team, the white male team was still being aggressive. And the person recording was aware of the racism being exhibited right in front of them, provided commentary. To that fact. Well, those cops in New Jersey are now under investigation. Uh, the clip has many, including the white teen involved, alleging bias. All right. Both teens were arguing in the Bridgewater Commons Mall. This is in the Bridgewater Township in New Jersey. This happened earlier this month. Again, I cannot stress enough the difference between how these teens were treated. You see? One team, the white male, the police officer is holding him back, saying, hey, don't worry, we got this, okay? Holding him back so that they can go and arrest the black team that was already on the ground. Does this make sense to anyone? Governor Murphy is not taking baby steps and has called for a full investigation. The state's head executive said, after watching the clip, he is disappointed in how the incident was handled and does not hesitate to call out the racial bias portrayed by the officers. There you go, Governor, it's right in front of you, okay? Now I wanna remind you that the APA, the American Psychological Association, they have a litany of research that shows how black children are looked at as adults when white children of the same age are looked at as children. There's a plethora of studies showing the perception from whites, including or in particular white males. In a statement, he elaborated further by saying, it's just another reminder that the progress we've made on the relationships between law enforcement and the communities they serve shows that our work is not done and we need to continue that being the work, all right? Richard T. Smith, president for the NAACP's New Jersey State Conference also weighed in calling for the removal of the two officers. The president said, and I quote, this is something African Americans in New Jersey experience too often. And the NAACP New Jersey State Conference calls for these officers to be immediately removed from the police force pending the investigation. He concluded his statement with the demand to the governor AG to end this type of behavior by police. Well, what does it take? It definitely takes enforcement, but yes, you can get so corrupt 
that enforcement will not transform the culture. Additional details on the boys post incident, the white teen is Joey and the black child's name is Kai. ABC7, a local affiliate, was one of the first outlets to identify Kai as a 14 year old eighth grader from a local middle school. Kai explained that Joey is older than him and his friends and is in high school. Kai described the incident almost as the video captured it. He claimed that the confrontation was precipitated by Joey picking on Kai's seventh grade friend. Joey also noted in an interview with PIX11 that the officers discriminated against Kai. I knew it was wrong. I knew there was gonna be problems when they did that. He said, they didn't go for me. I didn't understand why I even offered to get handcuffed as well. How fascinating is that? How fascinating is that? That the children were aware of the bias that protected them and criminalized others. And they're willing to say it. That's what Republicans and conservatives and Trumpites are afraid of. That right there, the new generation saying, even though we can benefit from this privilege, it ain't right. Adrian, thoughts here. Yes, you know, it's the fact is that kids will always have fights. You know, that's just unfortunately how right. kids do. But at the same time, it is really kind of not even remarkable. I don't know how to really describe it, but by virtue of the fact that these kids could see it, they could see the racism and that they called it out and that they're willing to speak out against it. You know, it's like it's just started as a almost a divisive situation, yet it unified them in standing up and against a system for what was right. Mm -hmm. And that is that's a truly beautiful thing. And it gives me some hope that in the future that it'll be individuals like that who are in leadership positions and that there will be that unified front essentially standing against race. Very well said, all right? Critical race theory is not the problem. A racist man has been arrested for attacking a black teen in a store. Let's go to the video. Y'all sweet boy calling me a n alert. Let's put up the scumbags picture, okay? A white man has been arrested after video of him physically attacking a young black woman who says he called her a racial slur, told her he would hang her, went viral on social media. The victim's mother, Carletta Thomas, took to Facebook to share the video footage of the incident, which took place at a gas station in Collegeville, Pennsylvania. That was just a few days ago. The man has been identified as Michael Strickland. He attacked a 19 year old girl after bumping into her inside of the store where she was employed. She added that when her daughter, talking about the mother, when her daughter confronted the man for running into her, he turned around and started yelling racial slurs and told the teenager that he would hang her outside the store. And you saw what he did, you saw what he did to this young teenager. According to the mother, at this point, the teenager pulled out her cell phone and started recording. The video starts off with Strickland telling Thomas's daughter 
to back off before she speaks into the camera, claiming the man called her the N word. Strickland is then seen approaching the team from behind and hitting her on the back of the head. Thomas claims her daughter had received medical attention and suffered a concussion from the assault. Strickland 41 was reported to the local police and now has been arrested. According to court documents, he has been charged with assault, making terroristic threats with the intent to terrorize another, ethnic intimidation and harassment. His bail was set at only $5,000. He's scheduled to be in front of a judge again on the 28th of this month. We're gonna bring you updates to that story. Attorney, thoughts? Yeah, they uh, they definitely got the charges right, but that bail—that's yeah. an absolute joke. Yeah. And you know what? It's just it laughs in the face of this young woman and just about any black person or person who cares around there. Uh, the fact is that this man attacked a 19-year-old girl and needlessly attacked her, also yelling and screaming racial epithets. Like they should not be released on $5,000 bail. That's a, that's a joke. It's ridiculous, but it shows you still systemic issues and equity in the system because there's one judicial institution that gave him the charges. Those charges are proper. And then another judicial institution known as the judiciary set the bond. And you see the difference here night and day. That bond does not match these charges. That bond does not match these extreme criminal violations against another human being. All right, Adrian, always a pleasure having you on Indisputable. Tell people how they can follow you, check out your great work. Check me out on Twitter at Adrian Law, Instagram at Adrian Lawrence. And you can go to Rebel HQ to check out my show Overruled, and I'll be breaking down all of the fun and essentially the crazy things from the right. It's, it's such a beautiful show that you have. I mean, I get significant legal information out of it. We appreciate what you do. Take care of yourself, take care of each other, take care of the planet. Remember, the truth is always indisputable.